0: Hi, friends. I hope uh, you are all doing well as you hear, listen to this um, podcast. So I woke up this morning with um, the word believe. And when I woke up, I started researching the definition of believe. What does believe mean? And it means to credit upon the authority or testimony of another, to be persuaded of the truth of something upon the declaration of another, or upon evidence furnished by reasons, arguments, and deductions of the mind, or by other circumstances than personal knowledge. When we believe upon the authority of reasoning, arguments, or a concurrence of facts and circumstances, we rest our conclusions upon their strength or probability, their agreement with our own experience. To expect or hope with confidence, to trust. In popular use and familiar discourse, to believe often expresses an opinion in a vague manner without a very exact estimate of evidence, noting a mere preponderance of opinion and is nearly equivalent to think or suppose. As I read that definition of belief, it leads me to the words subjective realities. I have never heard of these words until my husband and I attended a marriage workshop. They were talking about how, in an argument, both parties believe their version is the right version. It is their subjective reality. So, who is right if you both have a different story and you both believe your own story to be true? We are designed to survive. Our brain knows the moment it experiences pain to not do that again. For example, how many of us have accidentally touched a hot pan on the stove? It hurts. We know not to do that again. That kind of survival knowledge does not apply only to our physical survival. It applies to our emotional, mental, social, and spiritual survival as well. From infancy, our brain associates pain equals bad and not to have that happen again. How many of us have personal rules or traditions that we sometimes don't even know why we do what we do or avoid certain situations or people? This is where trauma can affect your life dramatically. Here are some examples of a traumatic response versus a healthy and safe response. This is the same action, but two completely different outcomes. For example, a knock on the door leads to an arrest or robbery or heartbreaking news. A knock on the door is to be avoided. The moment they hear a knock, their anxiety shoots up and tension and cortisol fill their body. They possibly peek out the window and then hide and pretend no one is home. Or a knock on the door is a surprise bouquet of flowers. A knock on the door leads to a lovely unexpected gift. That person would run to the door the next time when they hear a knock. Or another example is a loud banging on the wall. Now, for one person, loud bang on the wall means your mom is getting abused by her husband, boyfriend, or lover. Loud banging is a stressful, terrible sound. Or for another person, loud banging means a room is getting renovated and a beautiful transformation is in progress or process. Um, loud banging is a progressive sound. So it's a good thing. Now, my last example is for a person. How about a policeman? A policeman means, for one person, it can mean abuse of authority. This person saw many cops turn on their lights of the per- of the cop car to go through a red light and then turn it off the moment uh, they passed that intersection. This person got arrested once and the policeman verbally and psychologically abused her while she was handcuffed. Her brain locks in that fact that the police are not to be trusted; they are the abusers. Now, for another person, a policeman would mean, um, in the middle of the night, she gets woken up, hearing rattling sounds at her door, and freaks out and calls the police for help. And the police phone operator speaks kindly and calmly to her as a police car, as a police car arrives quickly. She felt comforted, she felt safe, and she felt looked after. So to her, the police can be trusted and are the protectors. So what is the truth? Everything I said were facts. But what are the truths? A tiny seed of lie can affect your entire belief system. What do you believe to be the truth about your spouse? your children, your friends, your family, your neighbor. What do you believe the truth about yourself? Is it possible a tiny seed of lie entered your mind or heart about a person, a culture, a race, a profession? How much truth do you know about the existence of evil and the kingdom of darkness? Is it possible a tiny seed of lie entered you about God and his kingdom? What we, believe, what we believe in affects the words that we speak. It affects the decisions that we make. It affects the people we choose to be in our life. It affects our ex- expectations and standards that we have on ourselves and, and the ones that we place on others. Our belief system affects the goals we set for ourselves. It affects how we dream and how far we think we can go or how much we can accomplish in academics, in our finances, in our relationships, in every aspect of our life. Luke the doctor wrote, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of what precious words of wisdom these are and it reminded me of a young man that I met I was at a youth conference standing in line for the lunch buffet the young man in front of me was grabbing some fries but the tray was almost empty and he mumbled to himself loud enough for me to hear I always get the scraps because dogs eat scraps and and I was so surprised I immediately said oh my love no you're not I'm like look up look what is coming a fresh tray of fries and he he looked up and saw the fries coming he was quiet as he got himself some fresh fries and at that moment um he as he quickly left to go off to his table to eat I I felt in my heart to start praying for him um just to pray that he truly sees himself as God sees him and that he is he is not like a dog and he's 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 a beautiful beautiful young man with a purpose and destiny And it made me think how many of us pick up the crumbs, the leftovers, thinking that that's all that is left for us. How many of us are so stuck in survival mode that we don't even have the energy to look up to even see a few steps ahead of us? How many of us are afraid to invest the little energy we have left to look for a possibility of something better, to look for hope? One too many disappointments will cause our brain, our heart, our spirit to hit the brakes on hope. A person's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? That's from Proverbs eighteen fourteen. Trauma causes us to focus on the now. It is extremely hard to focus on the future, especially on eternity, when we are fighting for a single breath to live right now. And I am talking about that single breath, not just physical, uh, a physical breath, but emotionally, financially, spiritually. The truth is, there is an eternity. Evil wants you dead now and hold your soul captive in repetitive torment that no soul can bear and no soul can find relief. God wants you to live now. Not once, um, not once, not once I get paid, um, I will, once I, I pay off my debt, I will be happy. Or once I marry this person, I will begin traveling. Or once I have a family, I will be more present. Or once I get this amount of money, I will begin to spoil myself. God wants you to be living as you were created to live right now, this instant, and at your full potential. God wants you and your children and grandchildren and a thousand generations after to live under his protection, his counsel, his love for eternity. Living for eternity requires belief and it requires trust. Trauma severely distorts and damages our trust. It destroys our trust with men or women, our family members, our friends. With society, teachers, leaders, pastors, politicians, it destroys our trust in God. A life without God's design and definition of trust is a very lonely, isolated, lost, depressed, fearful, stagnant, frustrated, and angry life. I am here to share with those who have been searching for something more. For those asking, is this all there is to life? I am here to give to those who are hungry for that something, but they don't know what that something is just yet. I am here to be of a support and guide to those who are wanting to be rescued from the pain in their soul that was inflicted by physical, verbal, emotional, sexual, and spiritual abuse, neglect, abandonment, and every kind of evil torment and action done to them. There is hope for those who feel trapped in sorrow and grief. There is freedom for those who feel imprisoned by the painful wounds in their soul. And there is light for those who feel surrounded by complete darkness and evil. Because God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. I know what it is like to feel trapped in darkness. And my life changed when I read these words. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There is hope for those who feel overcome by darkness. Here is a truth. You have been holding on to that something, and that something is the reason you're alive today, this very moment. Many times you should have died or not survived. You wonder to yourself often how in the world I'm still standing alive today. The truth about that thin lifeline you are holding on to, that this something is a very special someone. He is pursuing you. You are sought after. You are wanted. You have not been forgotten. I myself personally always felt lost. And when I read these words, my hardened heart got blasted with God's love. There once was a shepherd with a hundred lambs, but one of his lambs wandered away and was lost. So the shepherd left the ninety-nine lambs out in the open field and searched in the wilderness for that one lost lamb. He didn't stop until he finally found it. With exuberant joy, he raised it up, placed it on his shoulders, and carried it back with cheerful delight, returning home He called all his friends and neighbors together and said, Let's have a party. Come and celebrate with me the return of my lost lamb. It wandered away, but I found it and brought it home. Jesus continued, In the same way, there will be a glorious celebration in heaven over the rescue of one lost sinner who repents. Come back home and returns to the fold more so than for all the righteous people who never strayed away. I could not stop crying because I knew for the first time I discovered a little truth of my true identity. I was that lost lamb. My entire life I walked, acted like I was the shepherd, like I knew what I was doing, who I was, and where I was going. Truth was, I was exhausted, I was angry, and I was miserable. The moment I knew that I was not a shepherd but a lost lamb and that I had a shepherd and he was looking for me. The moment I felt that I was found, that wrecked me. And I continue to be wrecked every day that I make a little discovery of the truth of who God made me to be. And how good he is and how much he loves me. The truth feels safe. It feels so good. It feels calming and peaceful and exciting. I have a joy I cannot explain and I have a comfort that I have never experienced before. If you can relate to feeling like a lost lamb and you are done being lost, if you are done trying to be the shepherd, get ready to be found, my friends. Get ready for a freedom unlike anything you have ever experienced. Stop wandering. Put your hands out and up surrender the protective barrier of control grab hold of all the pain and sorrow and regret that has been poisoning your soul and release it through repentance right into his loving arms grab hold of his gentle hands and get ready to receive a kind of love that you have never experienced before and your mind cannot even comprehend i will end with god's living message what is god's living message it is the revelation of faith for salvation which is the message that we preach for if you publicly declare with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will experience salvation the heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of god and then the mouth confesses resulting in salvation For the scriptures encourage us with these words, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed.